podcast exploring faith and fear, what scares us and what saves us. This is The Fear of God. Hello and welcome back to The Fear of God podcast, a whole new year and what do you know a whole renewed fear of god listen find all your favorite foggy paraphernalia <laughs> including that phrase find your favorite foggy paraphernalia at the fear of listeners every week here in the fog we explore what scares us to find what saves us and by we i mean me one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse. And me, your other host, Reed Lackey. Hi, Nathan. Reed! <laughs> Welcome, brother! Thank you. Welcome to you as well. It's good to be here. Yeah. Glad to be back Happy in New it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. We had a little break, had a few weeks, um, and we now did. we're back in it. Feels and feels nice. Even, even listeners who've been around for a while, they're like, something's different. <laughs> they have a little, they have kind of a glow about them. <laughs> referring to us you know <laughs> exactly um you know we're gonna get a little more serious about a possible fresh coat of paint here in a few minutes but you know listeners might have seen the title here it's like i'm not 100 percent sure what we've landed on by the time this airs <laughs> but something in the neighborhood of new number one that kind of thing and and reed i even right now i could screenshot it to you i wrote down a bunch of blather about comic books and new number ones and what that means <laughs> and especially if people didn't uh know what that reference meant sure because i was just trying to help people understand our intention here yeah, of uh, course. with this Bum, bum, bum. new era of the fear of God is something we dun, are stepping dun, into. Dun. We wanted to start the year uh, with something fresher than we have before, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. i.e. some some intention, some thoughts on the show. And so I was really hunting for, in my blathering about comic books, I was really hunting for, I mean, really, like Ultimate Universe gets name dropped, Secret Wars gets name dropped, like all this wow. stuff. Wow. You know, just deep, deep, That's deep cut. Nerd, amazing. Nerd town. That's amazing. But I knew even that... I knew that you would appreciate it, but you wouldn't like be like, I love that really comparison good soul. What you're sure. making, Nathan. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I needed something. Um, and and honestly, like even talking like horror franchises wouldn't quite do what I'm after because those reset. You know, those are sure. like, yeah, you know, ten years it's been since the last Michael Myers adventure or whatever. <laughs> you know, right? And you and I. So it's clear, listeners, if you're if this is your first time. One, welcome. <laughs> we did it. Uh, <laughs> two, uh, welcome back um, to those who've been around and are wondering what's going on. It, it's kind of a season of a soft resetting. And mm-hmm. Reed, I really was working to come up with a comp of that you would appreciate. I'm excited. Um, and dude, I think I found it. Okay, I'm, I'm braced. I'm ready. It is as though. Because because there hasn't been a, 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 a an uncharacteristic gap, you know. Mm-hmm. We usually mm-hmm. take January off. It's true. So it's like the the 
train is still on the tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even an elaborately different train. Right. But our desire is that maybe it's heading to a different space or or moving through different spaces. And so okay. the the comparison I came up with, Reed, was we're just, you know what? We aren't the Dylan Panthers anymore, Reed. <laughs> we are the East Dylan Lions. And, okay. Okay. You know? I do. Same. I love it. Yeah, I thought you might. We're still Same, clear-eyed, just, full-eyed, yes, full-heart, yes, can't lose. Yes, we are. We're still, we are clear-eyed. Yeah. We are full-hearted. And really, yeah. we cannot f- lose. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> we it. won't. Love it. We won't. You can bleep uh, that if you want, but it is a new era, will, so you don't have to bleep it if hey. you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> just dropping all the F-bombs. So yeah. <laughs> suddenly we turn into an episode of The Sopranos instead of <laughs> Friday Night Lights. For, oh, right, man. I was going to say, for anyone lost on that reference, Go watch Friday Night Lights. Oh, it helps read that I've show. just, uh, uh, this is not a watcha, and you're going to want me to shut up here in a minute. But You're fine. A uh, new podcast that just started elsewhere called mm-hmm. Stick the Landing, and it's okay. a podcast about TV show finales Ooh, okay. from The Ringer. Mm-hmm. And their very first episode read is about Friday Night Lights, and mm. I'd listened to them talk for an hour about the Friday Night Lights finale. And you know what it made me, you know what it conjured? What? It conjured tears, it conjured smiles, oh. it conjured warmth, and it conjured 50 bucks right out of my bank account to get the Blu-ray set up. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. That'll do it. Oh, oh, man. Well, before we completely leave the Friday Night Lights train, I recently, yeah. uh, there's there's going to be a real roller coaster of emotion here in a second because there's going to be can, a, real, let's do a, real, it. a real dip down and then, and then, then right back up. So I recently read, um, I wasn't prepared to talk about this book, but... Um, uh, by Maureen Ryan called Burn It Down. Uh, the full title is Burn It Down, Power, Complicity, and a Call for Change in Hollywood. Um, now, it definitely had a tremendous amount of discouraging and, and uh, disheartening stories about the realities behind the scenes on some of your favorite more... Uh, Hollywood TV series. What's interesting is that, you know, the, the kind of the call for Hollywood, there is plenty of stories about Hollywood producers, but when she did a deep dive as to the experience and the negative experiences on uh, specific products, it was usually TV shows. Sure. And the opening segment of the book, the very opening segment of the book, I knew the subject of the book going in. The opening segment of the book started with a story about Friday Night Lights, and my heart was, was beginning to just crumble until the you know finality of that little section revealed that apparently Friday Night Lights was a glowing, respectful set where everybody was treated with care and kindness, and and she the reason she was mentioning it was as a kind of idyllic situation for its rarity in the Hollywood landscape. But, but apparently again, she, she's one voice, uh, but it's, it's a pretty well-researched and thoughtful, uh, kind of book disheartening as it is. Um, but she positions Friday night lights as, um, as in contrast to so many of these other stories. So heaping further praise upon Texas forever, Reed Texas forever. Cause the the beauty that is Friday night lights in the spirit of this recording. Cause tonight we touch God, (laughs) To channel Tim Riggins, Circa the Pilot. No joke. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I love that show so much. It's so um, great. You so know great. what else I love? What do you love? Let's just let's just get this started. I love you. I love... I love you, too. 
the fear of God. I love mm-hmm. horror movies. I love our little community. And that's what we're here to talk about tonight. That's right. Uh, that's or right. today or this morning or, you know, whenever, whenever a listener yeah. might be queuing this up. Here's the thing. I want you to, I want you to talk. I do, but I've got a tee up question uh, for yeah, you. Sure. So don't talk too long. So, but I want you to, what are, what are, is there anything you want to say um, other than just you read this random book? That did, yeah, right. Very, very discouraging. Point. We'll make you, uh, we'll make you cry. Um, no, I'm happy to, I'm happy to be here. And I feel very, very fortunate, very lucky. Listeners who have been with us for a very long time, and this is merely the return episode that came up in your feed. Um, the reason Nathan and I are having this conversation will probably become clear uh, momentarily through the course of, of this next bit. Um, but uh, if listeners are finding us for the first time through this episode, this is something that has been going on for a few years, and we are making uh, somewhat intentionally a kind of you know recalibration, soft reset on what the show is doing. But it East comes, Dillon. yeah, yeah, East Dillon, the East Dillon, uh, whoa. Era. Uh, yeah, what was the? Oh, they're the lions. The lions. That's right. East. Uh, uh, my brain blanked for a second. You just said it a moment ago. But um, so in this new era, you know, plenty of things will feel the same, and and plenty of things will transpire the same. But there's going to be kind of a, 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 like I said, a recalibration shift in methodology. But it comes in. Uh, it comes front loaded with a tremendous amount of gratitude. And I'll probably talk a little bit more about that after I hear what your question is. But uh, but all of that to say, I'm very, very thankful to be here and to be having the conversation and to still be doing this with you, uh, my best friend of officially 20 plus years. So that's yeah. great. So, um, okay, yes, that that's a helpful, uh, that's enough cursory sort of thing that, that leaves the door open for me here. And <laughs> uh, to, to make super explicit and getting real didactic, this conversation is meant to be the new number one fear of God episode so that, uh, and, mm-hmm. and very explicitly, we're going to even record a little bumper to go on the one from August, 2016, uh, yes. and throw it on the front end and say, Hey, happy for you to enjoy this conversation because it is part of the document of the fear of God. But, uh, if you truly want to understand where our hearts and, and the state of the show is these days, um, listen to the new number one from, you know, February, 2024, uh, whatever the heck year it is. So, so that is, <laughs> the purpose of this conversation it is to draw a line in the sand between what has been and what is yet to come and so in the spirit of that read arguably this thing the sphere of god and i'm going to prompt the question and feel free to edit out a pause as you need to to think about this but so okay. read arguably this fear of god thing is your watch this rosemary's baby that <laughs> you happen to just invite me to adopt which i now hmm care for as my own so we are kind of like the fogs two dads um indeed which you know there you go uh new era but it began (laughs) in your mind and spirit and so Mm -hmm. i've got kind of a two-part question here for you that's going to sort of you know maybe thematically open up some doors here so sure as you look back as you've thought about these last seven plus years Mm -hmm. how has the show surprised you from what you thought it was going to be going like going into it and what it kind of became. And then, you know, the second question I would ask is why move to East Dillon now? Uh, <laughs> why the new number one? So, so kind of what surprised you about era one? Um, you know, what, as, as you sort of germinated this thing in your spirit way back when, um, you know, surprised you there and, and, and why now a, a sort of new number one? 
Very, very good question. So I want to honor the spirit of the element of surprise that you point to in the question. But I will say when I began this kind of idea, so a a little bit of brief history, and then and I I promise to make it brief. Um, I had become friends with Tyler Smith of More Than One Lesson and Battleship Pretension podcast fame. And I had become friends with him and been a guest on his show. And then he had invited me back enough times as a guest that I eventually became one of a a few rotating co-hosts that he would have on more than one lesson, his show at one point. And through the course of those conversations with him, I began to germinate on the idea of doing a podcast that explored matters of spirituality and faith through the specific genre of horror which at the time felt novel. This was back in late 2015. It felt kind of, not that it had never been touched on before, but there weren't many voices doing something like that at that time. Uh, That's not necessarily the case today. Uh, There's a, a, I think there's been a tremendous amount of conversation coming from a variety of different places in that interim. So though that idea was not completely unique, uh, there were, there were certainly people out there doing it. It was not necessarily widespread as a conversation piece. And I approached Tyler with that, and it was this initial germ of an idea to just have a, a podcast that was very specifically about the exploration of spirituality and faith and the intersection with horror material, primarily movies probably, but also TV shows, music, books, whatever came up that would equate to the horror genre. And Tyler was very supportive, uh, gave me pointers from his experience as a podcaster, and I spent about nine months uh, trying to just sort of germinate on ideas, think through things, initially kind of programming what the conversation would look like. And at some point in that process, I want to say about three months into that process, I was sharing the idea with you just as a friend. And through the course of that conversation, you were like, not only uh, – this was my memory of it. I don't know if we've, if I've ever shared this specifically, but my memory of it was that you became so energized by the the idea that you were like, I, I would love to to – do this with you like like it was just it wasn't a you know oh let me give you a whole bunch of very quick red letter notes and maybe i should get involved it was very much a you know just sort of an energizing kind of conversation and like oh man i would, I would love to do this with you this sounds a lot of fun and it sounds very interesting and so so then from that point on for the next six months you and i began to bat around ideas what did we think would work what wouldn't and and we kind of programmed the first few episodes. And so when the show finally launched in August of 2016, it was at the time, and you can really kind of hear this in those early episodes, it was very much just a a thought experiment that you and I were trying to feel our way into how to have these kind of conversations. And I kind of expected that. What I didn't expect, the first thing I didn't expect, and I break the era of the fear of God, the, the eras, if you will, up to this point, first seven and a half years, I break it down into roughly three basic eras of the fear of God. The first era is this thought experiment I'm describing. You and me turning on the mics, uh, a little bit more clinical. We're still exploring some things that matter to us and finding some interesting things, but it was it was very much like feeling our way through it. This curious thought experiment that you and I are digging around in boxes to try to find out what we want to do. And what surprised me, the first big thing that surprised me was when we moved into the second era, which happened kind of organically, and the the second era kind of propelled through in a way that I still find quite lovely. It just kind of became 
the accidental diary of mine and your friendship. And, uh, you know, obviously the films we would discuss and the kind of conversation we would have would be the impetus for us coming together and actually having a conversation at all. But we talk about our lives. We, we share with one another. People who were listening at that time began to get this kind of picture. And we received a lot of feedback uh, at the time and still do of just like, oh, yeah, but like you can just tell Reed and Nathan are friends. And that kind of became that middle era. It moved from thought experiment to a kind of audible diary. And that transpired for a while and it kind of stayed that way until suddenly we began to invite a couple of people on who we'd engaged with and had engaged with the show. And then little by little, also organically, the show kind of developed into a community. And uh, the community, I still feel, is, is, is pretty niche, but it's also very rich. And I'm very, very grateful for the friendships I've made with people that I've never been in the same room with. And that surprised me as well, is how meaningful some of those interactions could be, even though I had never even, you know, set foot in the same spaces with them, be able to have full conversations. I feel like many of the the, the more uh, regular participants in the Fog community are very much my friends, my real friends, not just, you know, these uh, – sure parasocial relationship type friends, like real people that I engage with in the real world. And and that also surprised me and became very meaningful to me over time. And I think those are the three eras. It was thought experiment, diary of a friendship, community. And then now I feel we reached this point to where it's like, okay, something needs to, you, the, the second question that you asked is before why you get to that. He's still, yeah, that. yeah, sure. Uh, go ahead. Let me interject there because one, I feel like, uh, so, so two things real quick. Um, you keep using the word eras and I feel like you're just trying to invite a Taylor Swift reference, but it's probably, <laughs> it's, it's not you Reed. Let's be honest. It's me. I'm, you're the problem. I'm the problem. Yes. It's me. Um, but, uh, you know what? It's a love story, will... baby. Just say yes. Okay. Well, oh man, <laughs> I, 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 the bear. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the one. Uh, gosh, that's such a great Needle drop in that and, episode. And that episode fantastic. is fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes, Sorry yes. to derail. Yeah. Um, uh, but what listeners w- might be surprised by if they've found us in the last 18 months to three years and or are listening to this as ostensibly this is our line in the sand new number one is if you go back and listen to that one, you will find two completely different podcasters. That's <laughs> <laughs> very episode. true. In it's fact, very true. I went back and listened to about, you know, 35 minutes of it today. And I was like, man, this is of the very first one. Oh yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, what I do love about that one and what, as, as my brother even said in the beginning was peewee in the end will be peewee. Like whatever so changes about the fear of God, that very first episode peewee peewee's big adventure gets name dropped. And Absolutely. what do you Absolutely. know? Not three weeks ago, we dropped a B side peewee's big adventure, join Patreon to get our B side, B side episodes. There you go. So um, perfect. so, so, but the surprise listeners might find who are going to that episode thinking they're starting Oh, oh there's fear of God. Those are crap ton of episodes here, but I guess I'll start here. You know, <laughs> if they ever catch up. It's very now, different. The difference, the difference though, is if you listen to them straight, it's like the frog in the pot of water. You know, you just never, all of a sudden, Nathan's yelling. You know, whereas in that episode, it's just like, <laughs> mm, yes. It's like the uh, SNL NPR, you know, <laughs> podcasters, you know, yes. <laughs> radio hosts. Anyway, so, so oh, yes, good. to me, that's what's surprising about the beginning is how. You use the word clinical, like you go Mm -hmm. back to listen to that. Those are two very, you know, timid, 
cerebral, uh, which is a word I'd never thought I'd use for myself. Um, but I remember being pretty self-conscious in those early days, uh, mm-hmm. which is weird. And you can hear, I was, look, I was look, recording in a laundry room. What? <laughs> well, and you can hear what's fascinating and a little bit of uh, trivia for, for people who may not know what's fascinating is there was a very distinct turning point where I feel like we kind of caught a different rhythm and kind of moved us into a little bit more looseness. And that was our John Carpenter series, which was four episodes released weekly. But what listeners may or may not know is we recorded all four of those episodes, all four, Nathan, in In the same day. day. Yeah. I remember. Because I was home uh, alone. My wife and son were traveling. And fundamentally, we just, we recorded the, um, I think the episode about the fog, we recorded it like very early in the morning and then another one on they live like midday and then recorded about later in the evening on the thing and Halloween, I think like back to back. I think that might have been like our our very first, you know, double episode session. And uh, you can just hear us begin to let our hair down through the course of that (laughs) Through the course of those conversations. Oh, I mean, that was just delirium, you know, at that point. <laughs> You're like, I don't care anymore. I just, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing shady things and I just need to, I just need this to stop. <laughs> we started and the sun was up, you know. Oh, uh, no, no, man. it's like you start when the sun's down, it comes up and you're finishing when the sun's going back down. Okay, <laughs> well, cool. That's a, that's that's some reminiscing, but to back to question two, which is, Reed, you and I had a pretty extensive conversation right at the beginning, right at the end of the year, but for you, like, why why East Dillon now? Yeah, I feel like there's three basic needs. Um, the first is I feel like we have changed as people over the course of seven and a half years. Not fundamentally, I don't think, but in in noticeable ways. And I'll say this before I move much further. I would hope that over the course of seven years of learning and thoughtful contemplation, you would change. Like, I, yes. I, I would hope there would Don't be, be afraid. Yeah. Like Garth Algar. Yeah. Fear change. <laughs> um, so that's the first thing is, is it felt like, okay, to your point, when you listen back to those very first episodes, like, okay, yeah, there's, there's definitely a big shift that's happened. It's one of those things where because you see yourself in the mirror every day, you don't really notice the rate of change. But when you look back at a picture of yourself seven years ago, you're like, whoa, you know, that that's how that can kind of emerge. So that's thing number one um, is the need to kind of recognize and more deliberately hang a lantern on those changes, uh, how we approach this subject differently, how we approach these films differently, how we ourselves are different just in the conversation. That's the first thing, uh, the first need. Um, the second need uh, is that basically I felt like for a little bit, what I'll say is this, there began to be a sense for us, maybe not for listeners, hopefully not for listeners, began to be a sense of like paint by number, like there was a kind of an automation to it all. Occasionally there would be a vibrance of something that was unexpected or surprising, but for the most part, it was very much just autopilot and painting by numbers. These are the places we show up. These are the conversations we have. These are the considerations we need. And there began to feel a need to just basically like, okay, let's, you know, let's, let's shake things up just a little bit. Doesn't have to be drastic. It doesn't have to be completely, you know, a brand new show or anything. But we we do need to uh, probably stir things up a bit and approach this differently, recognizing the changes that we've had, which again bleeds back into number one. And the third thing is a lot more uh, didactic, and that's merely uh, to, in light of 
change number need number one and need number two um, to put something out there for listenership so that they wouldn't hear about that shift in intention on our part on a random conversation about a 2023 movie, but instead would would have a conversation they could go to and that we could reference to say, this is it. This is the new sort of, as you keep saying, line in the sand of the new era we're moving into for the fear of God. So those were the different needs of why we were the Dylan Panthers, now we're the East Dylan Lions. So hmm. in the interests of, uh, you know, a little bit of, tennis volleying here conversationally i have a prompt for you so i i expressed just briefly that some things had changed about the way we approach these subjects the way we approach these conversations the way we approach these films uh maybe just changed in our hearts and minds um and if you need a minute that's totally fine but my question for you is quite simply what's changed for you over the past seven and a half years <laughs> you know, starting starting with starting with a small one, starting starting with something right, that's right. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I guess on uh, you know on the most surface level, I uh, I would not say I have become um, a master horror consumer like yourself, but <laughs> you know, I mean. Goodness gracious, we're over 300 episodes into this, uh, which, you know, I don't know the exact math, but let's let's say that's roughly 300 films and or, you know, associated sure. materials. So I'm I'm, I'm I'm in it, brother. I am. <laughs> you are no I longer a novice. <laughs> knee deep in the schlock, you know, um, <laughs> like Ash yells, not not the butt. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I mean, on, on some level, I, it's just, well, I, I guess I'll frame it for me in this regard, like, and, and I think I'm not just speaking for me, but I think there's room in, in the cabin in the woods for, for both of us to have, uh, takes that are slightly divergent here, but you know, what, what became fascinating to what, what started as let's talk about horror movies with Reed. Yeah. And hope we can kind of like keep mining stuff out of this. I, I wish I knew an easy way to sort of package this. Cause if I knew an easy way to package this, we would probably merchandise it somehow and, and <laughs> you know, actually help fund the show more, uh, support the show more. Never um, <laughs> <Ever> the salesman. <laughs> but, you know, something as simple as let's watch a horror movie and talk about it became at its best and became for me personally, the thing that is most interesting mm -hmm. is this mantra that we have developed over time, you know, that got kind of folded in relatively early, but I don't know that even we comprehended its power at that point in time. And that is examining what scares us to find what saves us. And here is where, perhaps the intentionality on a certain level of a new number one becomes slightly clearer, or at least, you know, less, less timid a la, uh, August, 2016. So, so on, on, on the umbrella of it, the, the examining what scares us to find what saves us is, Oh, wow. You know, it's, it's not so much just let's watch a scary movie and talk mm -hmm. about the things that made us jump or, or, or wince. Um, it was, you know what, there is, there is deeper things that these stories can speak to. They don't all, 
mm-hmm. some of them don't try. Many of them attempt, uh, several of them accomplish that are about, you know what? There are, there are deep and dark things and there are one ways you can identify them and two ways you can learn how to not be afraid of them. Mm. Right. So instead of, so I'll, I'll pick on her because she's not present early in the life of the show. My wife and describing the fear of God to someone else that we were with was like, Oh, they do a review show of horror movies. I was like, no, it is not. <laughs> that is not what we do. <laughs> yeah. Sure. If you're looking for the soundbite, it's permissible, but that is not what we do. Um, <laughs> and, and I would definitely say at our best at the show's best, um, mm-hmm. that what we do is attempt to identify things in these narratives and tales that help us identify them in the real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we aren't never have been and don't intend or want to be, uh, kind of political pundits. Right. Right. But me and you, like our, our, Mm -hmm. our friendship, our, our relationship, like in its most honest, we also point to, and in the real hinges on, November 2016 for a lot of our, you yeah. know, civic peers, uh, our, our national peers and what a moment that was. Mm-hmm. And so you suddenly enter this new epoch E P O C H of kind of our shared life together. Right. And, you know, for me personally, and, I, and this is why I'm saying I'm speaking for me personally. It's like these stories we examine, about the things that scare us help me better be able to see out in the real. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here, here's where this is, you know, like the shadows on the cave wall, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but what the things that are casting the shadow, you know, we we're sketching here in the narrative. What is a shadow of this thing out here in the real. Right. right. And, and, you know, um, the intention of, you know, the next seven years of the show isn't to make any particular real life bogeyman our, our, our punching bag, uh, by any means. Uh, but it is also to recognize that, you know, the things that these stories are after aren't just what's on the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that became, that was sort of what surprised me about these conversations at their best and does not mean, you know, suddenly we've mastered that art and (laughs) every single conversation is going to be an uppercut. Um, just means we know, or at least for me personally, I know that's the driving pursuit. And I don't know if you remember this read, but there's a really fascinating moment. I think so. Dr. David Gushy, Christian ethicist has been on the show twice, uh, for ancillary. Yeah. Um, and, uh, d- decisively worthwhile conversations for anyone listening to this to check out, uh, unrelated to horror movies whatsoever, though we may be tiptoeing closer to that here shortly. But it was fascinating because in a moment of a conversation about real world issues and topics that I would say traditionally scare people of faith, mm-hmm. that that was the pretext to just to bring them up on the fear of God with him. He sort of said it. He was like, oh, this is y'all shtick. This is y'all's thing. And I was like, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, this is it. We, yeah. Lo- we look at the scary thing. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. once we look at it squarely, A, it can become less scary because B, we understand and know how to handle it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, that, I, I'm kind of, you know, uh, running off a little bit just to try to illustrate the point that for me, when you ask the question of, you know, what's evolved, what's changed, what for me, uh, as it relates to the show specifically, it's, it's comprehending that evolution of intent. Uh, and, and for me personally, I think there's a desire when speaking about mm-hmm. things, things of import to have those things be thoughtful and measured and, and, yeah. and yet honest, true and brave at the same time. Um, yeah. you know, and so, so that's a thing that's continually continuing to evolve in my life and, and, and heart and, you know, kind of, um, I mean, when we started this, I was in my midish thirties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bordering on late, um, I'm arguably in my mid forties now. And, and so, yeah. Yeah. you know, <laughs> adulthood is here. <laughs> it has been for a while. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> yep, sort yep. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm tempted to, to say more, but I, I want to just sort of let that you know, sort of speak for the moment. Sit where it is. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's pretty understandable. I think it's worthwhile. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to ask two things that are still along the change line. Yeah. And then I'll, um, do, do a service and, and answer the same questions for myself probably after you, or I can do so beforehand if you need a moment to think about it. But I have two, I have two basic questions. The, we, we examine the scary thing to find the salvific thing, the, the saving thing. My first question may be easier to answer, so I'm going to lead with it. How has your movie watching changed through the course of the show? Like, both how you approach films and how you walk away from them? Well, when we started, I could I could get through one in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> life's, life's tiring. <laughs> um... Ask that again. How has my movie watching changed? How has your movie watching changed? The way you approach these films and the way you walk away from them? I mean, I rarely was actively turned off by what uh, a neighbor media consumer might think is off-putting. But these days, I just don't... Hear me. This does not mean you just indulge whatever. But like, Mm -hmm. I do my best not to get distracted by the surface level off-putting thing because if there's something thoughtful i want to find that yeah now again there isn't always that sure um of course and and there have been times where you know i've come a long way but even every now and then you know you'll venture into a, a piece of material i'm looking at you possibly next week um that <laughs> is just is just a lot um so i i don't know that my a lot has changed there. Um, okay. yep. I discovered Bluetooth audio in the last seven years. So that Ooh. has changed about my movie sure. watching experience. Sure. Sure. Um, which basically means like if my wife is in the room, she sees me, you know, shudder in my seat, uh, not knowing <laughs> what audio has just happened. And I'm just embarrassed. Yeah. yeah uh, of course. I'm not of course. sure I'm asking, I'm answering the question you're asking. No, so my no. apologies there. Any, uh, there is no right or wrong. Uh, just how do you respond to the question? Um, I'll answer and then I'll yeah, ask and it. then I'll, and then I'll ask the second one and I'll, I'll give you a breath to think about it while I answer the second one for myself as well. Um, so first I'll answer the movie question. Like for me, um, I often found myself and this was actually an impetus for the show in many ways. I often found myself, 
um, kind of trying to dissect the meaning of certain things in certain films and be able to extrapolate the value of certain grislier, nastier elements of certain films so that my peers wouldn't be so off-put or oh. mm. frightened by sure. you know, what would happen. I've largely abandoned that quest. Like, for yeah. instance, um, if really anybody – now, I, I'm – going to make every effort to not be a jerk but if but if really anybody comes to me and be like how how can you be a, a person of faith and watch horror movies I, I i largely say i i really don't have the time <laughs> like like just <laughs> sorry like, i got a slasher to get I to not, <laughs> i am not trying to be a jerk but i'm just like that that is such a <laughs> that is such a base level sort of question at this point and and what i've moved to now is less about trying to parse out meaning and more trying to pay attention to the effect that the films have on me, what they make me think about, what they do to me, um, and be more thoughtful about those kinds of avenues. Less, you know, what does this thing mean? That Those conversations can come up. Metaphors, you know, uh, Ray Bradbury, one of my favorite writers, is very much a, a, a lover of metaphor and, a, and an advocate for embracing metaphor. Metaphors still exist. They still uh, are very much a tool deployed by effective filmmakers, but I've largely abandoned the quest to find the meaning and more to walk away asking better questions about what, you know, what, what did that do uh, in me and for me? And maybe not much. Plenty of films I watch that I'm like, no, not my thing. <laughs> like, you well, know, I wonder did, if, did, if I can, if I can interject, I wonder if too, yeah. like, you know, to understanding the, the, maybe the heart of your question a little better now, like the, you know, what it, what I heard just then was you feel less defensive about trying to make a case Quite for mm-hmm. horror. And, and yep. I think some of that read probably is just the long tail of your experience overlapped with the long history of your roots, you know? So those sure, two things are yeah. always kind of in competition, which is not explicitly roots meaning in the church, but roots meaning in the way you were in the church. Right? Yeah, which of is course. Not yeah. yeah. Necessarily the average. Um, but no, I can, I can hear yeah. that. So, so, Yes, you're uh, sort of abandoning that defensive posture. Mm-hmm. I never really even had a whole lot. You know, I just kind of was like, oh, I understand sure. it's not your bag. Eh, yeah, that's okay, of course. Then, you know. Of course. Yeah. Um, and so that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But for me, it was quite the evolution to approach these films with more openness. I always feel like I was um, invitational to films I would watch. Like I would, I would regularly go into films with my guard kind of down but a lot of times i would be in real time watching the movie trying to forecast like oh yeah what's this about and what's that about and what's it trying to say and now uh i'm just a lot looser in that regard to where i'm just uh i I would use the word again open to not only what the film's story is portraying for me but also the interior craftsmanship that set up that sequence the fact that there's a disconnect the fact that it's confusing or the fact that it's you know kind of jarring what you know and and think about how those things have affected me and what that invokes in me has been more helpful now i'll ask the next part of it and happy to give you a few minutes to think about it while i while i answer um is the second part of that is how has your faith changed in seven and a half years and I would say for myself, again, I'll, I'll lead with this, is I've come to realize for myself that I value methodology and 
means more than I value conclusions and ends. I've come to accept about myself that there's a whole bunch of people who may be spitting out a perspective that I agreed with, but the way they got to that perspective or the way they display that perspective is troubling and bothersome. And even if I would probably broadly sit with them on the the goal they're trying to achieve or the conclusion that they've reached about the realities of the world around us, for, again, I'm speaking very much for myself. I've come to recognize that if the if the methodology and if the approach is sound, then I'll again, <laughs> I'll stop qualifying that I'm speaking for myself. In my belief, in my conviction, if the methodology and the approach is sound, then I trust God uh, because I, if it's not explicit yet, I I'm a believer. I believe in God, and I believe in. Christ, I would still call myself a Christian. That feels like it's a very fraught uh, kind of word these days, was even in 2016, but uh, ever more so now. But to me, if the methodology and the approach is sound, then the powers that be, which for me is God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, will guide you to where you need to be and to where you need to go. And if you fast forward through all that to conclusion and to end and just either rattle off something that has been displayed for you, but you've done no homework to arrive there yourself or a lot of the the, the rote repetition that happens in expressions of faith. Um, that I find a bit more suspect these days because I feel like it doesn't have as much personal grounding to be able to hold up under the turmoil of times, the challenging nature of the way life can come at you sometimes. Um, so, my answer to the question that I posed kind of, kind of to both of us is, I think I've come to realize that m- for me, it is more about the way we go about it than it is where we are going to me. And that is how I would say my faith has shifted over time and uh, has become profoundly important to me that wherever I am going, the way I get there be right and good and true and and as faithful as I can walk it. So that's my answer to a very loaded question. How how would you say yours has? Well humorously I'd I'd almost say there's a there's a, a mirroring here, i.e. I think I feel uh I've set aside a lot of defensiveness I might mm-hmm. have once had uh, yeah. here on this particular subject. I think early on, and you can even hear it in that opening episode, like this was your, uh, as I jokingly said, Rosemary's baby. This was mm-hmm. a thing that, you know, I- I'm, I'm cognizant and sensitive to like, okay, how, how of a particular shape do we need to be here? Um, no sure. matter pun intended. And I think, I think a number of things, I think, I think certainty is the enemy of imagination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a deep believer in, okay, here's, I don't like answering questions directly, which is not a, a chastisement of you. It's more just <laughs> let me be a better practitioner of, of better answers of, of better ways to answer questions. And recently, I think I may have shared this on a recent episode, but this is a new number one. So it's as though it didn't happen and I can tell it afresh, but <laughs> 
um, to introduce myself to those who may just be finding us. I have three daughters and two of them are teenagers currently. And the oldest one just, just struggles a lot. She's, she's got a very, she, she, she sees the world bigger than maybe she should mm, mm. bigger than maybe you wish she sh- she would as her parent. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of, and, and, and anxiety is a, is a word that is used a lot in our house for good reason and, and, and appropriate reason. And, you know, every now and then I have to intercede as her parent and, 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 and condescend to her and join her in that, in that struggle and stress to try to help her center. And recently, you know, she was really stressing the kind of truth that comes for a lot of us. Uh, but much later, typically that of is, is life just repetition? Is it just, you just get up and you just (laughs) do the same thing over again? No, really. I mean, we had this conversation. I know. Yeah. And, um, and you know she was really kind of contending with that like you just yeah. you just get up and do the same thing and there was this kind of this kind of invitation to uh i won't say nihilism that's too big but this this kind of deflation yeah hmm. in this flattening and what i feel like was prompted in me to kind of offer in that moment was to quote that great source of metaphor and mystery, um, that of the TV show lost and, (laughs) and say to her, all of it matters. Hmm. And, and I said, that's, that's the great trick is we get to make meaning here. Hmm. Hmm. We get to imbue. Is it redundant sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to do the same thing over again? But that's, it's almost like that's the gift. Like, because you know what to expect, you now know how to invest it and imbue it and insert into it. And that we become makers of meaning. And that to your question of my faith, I think, I think Jesus, who is the bearer of the Christ mystery makes meaning of every single thing, read even death. Mm-hmm. makes meaning of it so that this gets us back to the fear of God. We don't have to be afraid of it anymore. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, and we can comprehend that like all things, there is a, a place for it and, and we get to sort of participate and, and, you know, it, it's not simple or easy. Right. <laughs> I'm risking quoting lost again, which is not the goal or point. Um, <laughs> it's never been easy. It's never been easy, Jack. Um, but yeah, so I, I would say that's a bit of of where my faith life is these days. You know, uh, to to quote the patron saint of all things good and hobbitish, Richard Rohr, um, you can't get there. You can only be there. Hmm. You know, and 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 the rest of our lives will be an attempt to try to just stop trying and be, mm, mm, you know, yeah. Um, I, I think, I think I happily set aside sometimes the, the, the shackles of my old sort of church life experience that, that held great particular fruit for a particular season. Yeah. Um, you know, which isn't to suggest I'll never return to a church setting in, in hyper brief. We were, we were involved in a church we dearly loved dearly and utterly loved. 
Um, and you know, if anything taught me that I can happily and with God's grace embrace the least of these in our society that even the church looks down upon, it's watching pastors and presidents just destroy shit left and right. Um, and and so the church we were involved with and loved deeply kind of was destroyed by its leader's own hand and, you know, thrust us and a lot of other folks into a wilderness that, you know, thankfully is, is kind of where the fear of God came into play. Um, so anyway, that, that's Mm -hmm. a, a, a winding road, but just to illustrate a bit of, you know, I think, I think people, um, more, more stringent, more, you know, dogmatic people of faith won't necessarily like this thought. Um, and, and perhaps it's a way to resolve the answer to your question here, but you know, scripture can be authoritative, but is not the ultimate authority. Um, you know, the spirit leads and guides, but experience is a great teacher too. And Mm. It is a part of the human experience. It is a part of, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be redundant. It no, is part of being human mm-hmm. is to, is to take the experiences that occur to us and, and become bigger hearted people from them. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, if there's any place, my faith has changed in ways, um, because in a lot of ways, the fear of God in the beginning of it, um, you know, signal for me, a personal second epoch, a second half of life to use Richard Rohr's terms. Um, it was being less afraid to, to be pretty open about the fact that I think God loves everybody pretty unconditionally and, and as they are. And, and I'm okay leaning that direction as well. Um, yeah. so anyway, that's yeah attempt to answer your question no i thought i thought it was a, a, a well i also subscribe to the and your answer was very personal and i also subscribe to whoever said it first whether it was bong joon ho who definitely does not claim to have said it first he cites it to martin scorsese um that the most personal is the most creative and i feel like that's something that i'm continually learning to do is to really get personal with the things that i believe and and the things that I'm struggling with and the things that I'm engaging on a broader level. Um, I don't have a neater, tidy way to introduce this, but as you were talking, I was remembering the quote. Who was it? Was it Richard Rohr who said, God comes to you disguised as your life? Was that his quote? Yes, brother. And oh. mm. you're, you're, so in, in the random life Nathan leads these days of just like, you know, little tasks during the day. I was just happening. I don't know if you do this, like in your favorites, in your photo, you know, camera roll thing. Like Mm. I was just tidying up some stuff because of my work. I always take pictures of people's houses and stuff. And so I have a bunch of those in there. I was cleaning up some of that. And it's really ironic. I did not know you were going to invoke that phrase (laughs) or that, that, that quote there because sure amidst my favorites in my camera roll, I have all these little excerpts from my Kindle and stuff like that. And, and that's one of them. So read the actual full context of that quote, Richard Rohr, uh, asked me what book it is. I can't tell you, but the quote is Jesus as a teacher largely talked about what was real and what was unreal and Mm -hmm. how therefore we should live inside of that reality. It required humility and honesty much more than education. In a thousand ways, he was saying that God comes to you disguised as your life. Mm. So yes, and that's, to that. that's so beautiful. Yeah, and and you know, I've just I've 
I've seen it bear its way out that the more a framework of faith begins to constrict, the more apparent it becomes. Yeah, I'll say it. The more an expression of faith begins to constrict, the more apparent it becomes to me that Christ sits outside of that. Amen. And I have begun to reach this place, you know, we said in the very, in the original number one, um, and I, I don't see this phrase going anywhere anytime soon, we explore, we don't explain. Well, what is the point of exploring if you don't find anything new and and invoking it in a way that, you know, perhaps I wouldn't have even so many years ago, I, I ever more firmly believe, seek and you will find. And I feel like there's so much of these conversations, so much of these considerations where people approach from already found, therefore why look? And that is not me. I, I am not there. I I am a I am an explorer. I am a believer. I am someone who hopes and prays, I say sincerely, that I am a different and God willing, better man in another seven years than I am today, and that I am hopefully have hopefully learned a few things along the way, and that's just that's that's come to be uh, the more and more sort of lines get drawn and and boundaries get get hemmed up. The more I begin to realize, like, oh, he is not here. Uh, why do you seek mm. the living among the dead? Mm. Um, mm. He is mm. not here, and I begin to feel this this this. Um, spurring rising up in me that uh i'll i'll be candid uh, uh often is fueled by material i read material i watch that is um engaged on a more thoughtful more um intentional more wise more human way than so many of the pat simplistic expressions that i see disguise themselves as faith I'm not trying to be reductive and I'm not trying to position myself as if I'm, you know, better than anybody else and anybody else's journey. I'm simply trying to live truthfully in the journey that I'm on. And I probably stopped there for that, you know, for, for that answer. Hmm. You know, two things, one cursory, but editorial, uh, one that may, I don't know, lead us, lead us to the end of this new number one. Hmm. Um, so I want to encourage you listeners, if you're finding us for the first time because of this new number one, um, read, I'm going to challenge you in this new era, mm -hmm. your, mm -hmm. your, your self check that happens and anyone <laughs> from, from era one, anyone from era one, you could have made a drinking game of reads, um, you know, I'll be bold. He'll pause. And then he's going to be like, okay, I'll do it. You know, <laughs> I'll be bold. Like. Uh, <laughs> just just be bold read just do it like yeah, just say new it. number one yeah. put the new number the, one it's take fresh. my shackles off my feet so i can dance you know mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so new so wine into new just wine go skins. for it that's what we're gonna do yes absolutely mm -hmm. um and so just just be bold you don't all have right. to you don't have to verbally apologize or anything like that we're all all right we're, all from right. here on out we're all friends i don't know about the first era <laughs> but here's a thought that will perhaps give comfort um it's funny. I've had these, I've had these images in my head as I've thought about this new number one and, and, and whatever is next. And 
I'll, I'll, I'll tell the two images and, and tell why I think one has changed for me. One of them was uh, in this spirit of exploring, not explaining, exploring, going on an adventure, like we mm -hmm. got our stuff and what I had in my head, this image that came to me, which is a fantastic image, but I am mm. going to undercut here in a second is Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas on the banks oh. of whichever that river is after Sam and Frodo have left and they're watching them leave and Aragorn, Viggo Mortensen forcibly sheathes that, you know, dagger of his or sword of his, whatever it is. And he says, let's go hunt some orc, which is mm -hmm. this real empowering thing. Yeah. So that's image one. Um, image two that I, and I didn't, anticipate any connected tissue here. Um, but you, in our conversation, I think yesterday I was like, read really, what do you want to talk about on this <laughs> new number one? And this, this idea of the exploring, not explaining thing, you know, if, if, if we are explorers, if certainty is the enemy of imagination, we're not here to explain things. We're here to explore together. Mm -hmm. We will never dispense with Jacob Hunt's art. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. It works. It's it's glorious. Sure. But the mental image that came to me was picture and you know like an illustration of of two characters. They're back to us and they're at the uh, uh, to use another Lord of the Rings image here. But like Fangorn Forest, you know, it's like they're yeah. standing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're standing on a, a plane, P L A I N, mm -hmm. and in front of them is there's this forest. So the yeah. image I'm trying to conjure is we're looking at their backs and maybe they got backpacks on and read. My initial thought was, you know, the, the woods of this forest are, mm -hmm. um, housed and, and populated with, uh, monstrous creatures and, and, you know, the, the, the characters from our movies that we love and, you know, everybody yeah. else is freaked out yeah. by. And, and it was kind of this weird melding of like, okay, let's go hunt some orc. But I think. And, and so off we go as explorers into this, into this wild forest. Right. But something that I went back and found today, um, that I'm going to, you know, share here was a brief writing I did on a book I read a couple of years ago called all the young men by Ruth mm. Coker Burks. Yeah. And Ruth Coker Burks in this book, all the young men describes becoming a friend of death. And this brief note is says much to most of her life, her adult life had been spent befriending, caring for, and ultimately burying multitudes of gay men in hot Springs, Arkansas in the 1980s as AIDS ravaged the LGBTQ community there and throughout the country. She had stared for so long into the deaths of the men she'd come to care for that the very nature and presence of death, however tragic its arrival no longer held any sting and had become instead something like a peer, a familiar visitor come once more to usher forth those who had passed. Here's a Lord of the Rings quote into that far green country under a swift sunrise. So mm -hmm. I think what's fascinating mm -hmm. read is now I, I conjure the same image, these explorers standing on the precipice of this dense, dark forest populated by all the creatures and monsters of the world Behind them is this trail of foggers starting to join hmm. and read and none of their hands are weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. None of them are weapons. Mm -hmm. Their intention is to go and befriend death so that nothing can scare or strike fear 
or be afraid of anymore. So that like Brueggemann's quote, we use to end every episode. We, we fear nothing else. Right. Right. And are, and are just on our way rejoicing, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Apologies if I'm abruptly turning us towards. Not at all. End. Not at all. I think that's a wonderful place to end it. Um, I think the only thing that I would say, and, 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 and maybe this will. You're like, vote. no weapons. I want no, a flamethrower. No, no <laughs> I think, I think it was a beautiful final note. I will say that being, no, uh, being the new number one, um, if you've listened to this, I will tell you, like, we, we know how to laugh too. We know how to be silly. Like this is a, uh, a very heartfelt and hard on our sleeve kind of episode. And, uh, we have a lot of fun as well, but I think that image of us, you know, marching forward as explorers with no weapons in our hands at all is a beautiful place to close things down. Isn't that so, cool? Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Well, listen. Um, Here we go. Yeah. So, so listeners who have been with us, final statement, listeners who have been with us for a long time, um, consider this uh, whatever you want to call it, a soft reset, a recalibration, a repositioning of the motto and thesis and intention of the show. And from here on out, this is, you know, we're still, we're still going to show up. We're still going to have watched a movie. We are, you know, maybe we will venture into other forms of media more frequently than we have in ages past, like music or books or something, but fundamentally a lot of movies and we're going to have watched a movie. We're going to have fun discussing those movies, hopefully with a bevy of guests and uh, and also just conversations like this as well and then uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna explore uh without I, I just love it explore no weapon in hand uh what uh life has gifted us with by the opportunity to have a conversation like this and so that is uh what you can expect you know as a final anecdote here uh reed you ask what has changed about my movie watching and mm-hmm. this is a decent a decent probably sign off note you know, what's changed is my kids have gotten older oh. and, um, you know, we're going to get done. And I promised my 13 year old that it is 9:35 PM Eastern standard time that as of about 5 15 PM, if she could go screenless until I was done with this, I would show her scream six. <gasps> so that she does not have school tomorrow. That is she's already night. seen Scream 5. Um, she's kind of the only one in my household who can handle some of this material. And I'm not sure that it's the wisest choice, but, you know, oh, it's bonding. That's, it's it, you know. it's very much a wise I mean, choice. you watch Psycho it's at very, 6 or yes. you know, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. So. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get into that anyway. history with no. horror movies. Yeah, Psycho no. at 6, Nightmare on Elm Street at 8. Well, it doesn't matter anymore because we're on, no. we're on relatively equal footing now. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, listeners, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this conversation. We hope that you will join us for the venturing forth that is to come. And uh, you can join us starting next week. You can listen to the credits to hear all of our um, spiel uh, about our social media cues and where you can find uh, more about us and our website and all of that wonderful stuff. Um, but as we have said, and this uh, is perhaps uh, ageless, timeless uh, through all eras, what we say on every episode is the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but it is not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. Uh, Nathan, thank you so much. Listeners, Great. thank you. Absolutely. And uh, we will see you all next week. Happy New Year again, everybody. We hope the year has started off well for you, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. See you guys.
The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media and episode archive, essays, merchandise, and more. If you love what we do, consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast, where you will unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online events, and so much more. Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork. Our assortment of talented musicians, Andrew Nelson, the Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes. And to Lee Wright and Reed Lackey for our theme music. Special thank you also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hi, everybody.